0: One Maldacena will one day be remembered as the first truly great theoretical physicist of the 21st century. I've heard several of his peers say that. However, Maldacena wrote his most famous paper near the end of the 20th century and since then has produced many new insights into gravity, space and time. Despite all his achievements and all the accolades he's received, I've always found him to be the most unassuming of leading scientists, quiet-spoken, modest and undemonstrative. But underneath his calm demeanour, he's a confident, tenacious thinker and blessed with a fearless imagination. My name is Graham Farmalow and I'm the author of The Universe Speaks in Numbers, about how the deep harmonies between fundamental physics and pure mathematics help us to understand the natural world. Juan Maldacena is one of the stars of the book. He features strongly in a chapter about the remarkable phenomenon of duality, the bizarre equivalence between two mathematical descriptions of the world that you'd expect to make different predictions. Maldacena discovered the most stunning duality of all, the apparent equivalence under some circumstances between a theory of gravity and a theory of subnuclear particles in a different dimension. Why on earth should two theories about different parts of nature be exactly equivalent to each other? Since the year 2001, Maldusena has been on the faculty at the Institute for Advanced Study in Princeton. His office, a stone's throw from the one occupied by Einstein 50 years before. Last August, the evening before Maldusena went off on vacation, he stopped by my office and gave me the interview you're about to hear. We talked about how he came to make the discovery that made him famous, about his views on the string framework, and where fundamental physics might be heading. I began by asking Maldusena how he became interested in physics.
1: Well, I I was always interested in how technology works, simple things like uh, the washing machine, the... TV, the radio, I often help my father fix things in the house. So back uh, in Argentina, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. in Argentina. Uh, that made me interested in technology. Mm-hmm. And when I was in high school, I thought I might be an engineer also, like my father. Oh. But then I also got interested in physics. I read the popular physics book, the one by... Einstein and Infield, I think. Infield, yeah. Mm-hmm. Relativity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I decided to try physics to see what it was like. More or less I knew what engineering was like because my father was an engineer. But then I would try physics. I didn't really know what it was so about. So, you a teenager? Or were you... Yeah, that was uh, finishing high school. Right, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and then I started doing physics and, I well, I kept doing physics. At some point, I considered switching to mathematics. I really liked mathematics when I was uh, first exposed to Mm. mathematics at the university level and Mm -hmm. so on. I really loved it. Mm -hmm. uh, But in the end, I stayed with physics. For any reason particularly? Yeah, I liked the concreteness of uh, the way mathematics is applied to physics and having the physical system made the mathematics more Mm -hmm. understandable to me.
0: What got him interested in fundamental physics, the nature of space, time, the fundamental forces and so on?
1: Well, as I was studying physics, I didn't know what I would do. Uh, I liked optics very much uh, when I learned about optics and, well, you know, Fourier transforms, Mm -hmm. holography, things like this. But then I was interested in the more mathematical aspects and what certainly fundamental physics was one where... You could apply all these uh, mathematical ideas. Mm It was very rich in mathematical ideas, and that Mm -hmm. was one of the draws for me.
0: Having been an undergraduate in Argentina, he moved to Princeton University to do his PhD.
1: When you were a postgraduate, what were the hot topics at that time? The, The main thing was people discovered very interesting dualities between field theories and between string theories. So dualities are different ways of describing... Uh, the same theory. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you remember what year this was, roughly? Uh, That was 96, 95, 96. It was when I was finishing my PhD. Yeah, and then Joe Polczynski discovered some objects called Uh, d-brains.
0: D-brains, discovered by the late theorist Joe Polchinski, are a special type of object predicted by theories based on quantum mechanics and relativity, and they jiggle around in many different dimensions of space-time. Most of us find D-brains very hard to visualise. I find it helpful to think of them as the objects on which the strings of string theory terminate. Does Maldusena think of these brains as real things? It turns out that he likens them to pieces on a chessboard.
1: Yeah, it's very concrete in the sense that the rules uh, that govern them are concrete. Mm-hmm. There is some analogy, I think, that I think Dir- Dirac used to make. That he was saying, for example, an electron... It's like a knight in chess. So it's defined by the way it moves. So you you don't have to see an actual knight to know how the knight moves. Mm -hmm. You could imagine a game of chess uh, without seeing the chess pieces. Now, this is why you're a theoretician. (laughs) (laughs) I don't play chess, but uh, I'm just making an analogy. Or or, or you can make your own uh, board and so Um, But... So the brains are like that, that they are simple things that obey simple rules. It's fascinating to hear you talk about this, but
0: just for people that are used to physicists detecting things in a laboratory, mm-hmm. does it not worry you that these things are, are not shown up? You're quite happy to keep them as a mathematical object, so to speak, that
1: emerges out of the equations. It's not important to you that these things have some concrete existence. I would say that for the purposes that we use them, it's not so important. Okay. Uh, In the sense that d-brains have enabled us to understand properties of black holes and properties of relationships between space, times, and ordinary quantum field theory, Mm -hmm. which uh, then after you realize that they might be there, you can somehow forget about the d-brains and then think about those relationships on their own. Mm -hmm. This, I think, this might sound okay, well, like, don't need to learn about deep brains but if you didn't know about those deep brains you wouldn't have found these relationships oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. and so they are for me they are wonderful wonderful discovery right, and, okay. Uh, okay.
0: <laughs> does Maldusena believe the strings of the string framework really exist in the real world
1: we don't know whether the quantum theory of gravity of our own mm. world will be described by string theory. Mm-hmm. Of course, if it is described, then they will be seen at eventually. Mm-hmm. But I think the main success of string theory is to provide a toy model for quantum gravity. So some model that you can actually solve and do calculations and mm-hmm. so that it is consistent. Uh, where you can study the quantum mechanics of gravity yeah, I see. Right. and you can study things like black holes and quantum aspects of black holes how black holes are consistent with quantum mechanics mm-hmm. so do you think there's any alternative or do you think that's the only way of looking at it yeah i think basically it's the only reasonably consistent way to think about it some people have other ideas other approaches which maybe have some interest but they have not had the achievements let's say that the string theory has had and I think that's the main achievement of string theory, and it might be that through understanding better string theory, we might be able to abstract some even more basic set of equations that maybe in the end will have no strings. or In fact, there are some limits of string theory that have no strings, That sometimes it's called M-theory. Mm-hmm. So we already know that there are some regions of the theory that it's connected to string theory, but have no strings. So it might be that the theory of our own real world is somehow connected to this bigger structure. And that bigger structure which is being explored is likely to hopefully will be connected to the real world.
0: It was time to ask Maldusena about his great discovery a little over two decades ago of the duality now named after him. It was he who first suggested that under certain special circumstances, a string theory of gravity in five curved space-time dimensions was exactly equivalent to a four-dimensional gauge theory of the quarks inside atomic nuclei. The two theories would seem to be about quite different things, yet Maldusena was asserting that they gave identical results. When did Maldusena realise he was onto a really big idea?
1: Well, I think uh, I was aware and maybe a few other people were aware that there was this interesting relationship through the brains between black holes in string theory and these deep brains. And there were some things that you could calculate in two different ways and they were given the same answer and it wasn't quite clear why or... Sometimes they were given the apparently wrong answer and different answer, so the duality was a way to understand what was the precise relationship between the two things. It was mainly motivated by the study of black holes mm-hmm. in uh, string theory and the connection between black holes and deep brains. Mm-hmm. And through studying this connection, the, the most reasonable way to study it was to propose this uh, duality between the two things. You make it sound a bit easy, but <laughs> <laughs> I can't well, believe was, you just thought yeah. it is a reasonable thing to do, because <laughs> I mean, um, it was a bold thing to do. Yeah. Well, it was the simplest version of the relationship that could be true somehow, and reasonable that it could mm-hmm. be true. And then, of course, in, in the course of the years, people gave more evidence, uh, understood it better and better, and, uh, and we continue to understand it better and better. Some mm-hmm. people still has many mysterious aspects.
0: I asked Maldusena whether he's hopeful that the research done on the duality named after him will eventually shed light on real objects in the real universe.
1: Well, I think, I think this, these ideas are not useful for understanding real black holes, mm-hmm. like the black holes that are in our mm-hmm. universe, the big mm-hmm. astrophysical black holes, yeah. because these quantum aspects are very small effects for astrophysical black holes and will probably never be measured. The goal of this research is to understand quantum aspects of black holes because the interior of a black hole is similar to a cosmology, mm-hmm. and black holes seem to be slightly simpler to understand than cosmology but mm-hmm. by understanding those aspects we'll then understand cosmology better C- can, you, can you just embroider that just for a second I mean can you just explain why it is that black holes and, and cosmology You're yeah. talking about the big bang are you right. there why they are so, uh, yeah why, why it? is is simply yeah. Yeah. cosmology is difficult because time seems to be ill-defined at the beginning of the big bang and it's ill-defined everywhere and so suddenly time appears in a black hole time is badly defined in the interior near the singularity but time is well defined far away. So far away from the black hole, we have a standard notion of time, and the fluctuations of the geometry are relatively small. So we have a solid platform on which we can stand and ask uh, about physical experiments and, mm-hmm. that we could do. And then, if we think that if we understand the black hole from the outside well enough, the understanding of the interior will drop down like a mature fruit, a ripe fruit <laughs> on our hands. We live in hope. Yes, that's that's the hope. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, well, of course, people have pointed out all kinds of paradoxes that we don't understand about the interior. And the, the There's a big smile on your face, I noticed. <laughs> you seem to thrive on these paradoxes. But <laughs> well, paradoxes are great because they show us what we don't understand and what we need to understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe developing toy models for understanding them is how we will mm-hmm. make progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the hope is that once we understand the interior, which we still don't understand, uh, we'll understand cosmology. And that might be the best way to... Make nice. contact, mm-hmm. And I would say that already there are some aspects of black holes that have been very important, for example, the discovery of Hawking radiation. Mm-hmm.
0: Hawking radiation is the radiation that the British physicist Stephen Hawking predicted in 1974 by brilliantly applying quantum mechanics and relativity to black holes and showing that they should continually emit radiation, which should, in principle, be detectable.
1: The same effect is important for inflationary universe. The same fact that when you have a horizon, uh, there are thermal effects or quantum effects that produce small fluctuations or some kind of radiation. And this is, we think, the mechanism by which uh, primordial fluctuations were created in the early universe through Mm -hmm. the theory of inflation plus these effects, which are similar to Hawking radiation effects. Mm -hmm. And those were the basic fluctuations that later formed the structure of the universe. So it's something that is fundamental for understanding the large-scale geometry of our universe, for understanding where galaxies come from and so mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. So that's an example where something you learn from black holes can then be useful for other things in cosmology. Mm-hmm. And we hope that the understanding of singularity will be similar.
0: I couldn't resist asking Maldacena what he thought of the work of the late Stephen Hawking.
1: I think it was wonderful. This discovery of Hawking radiation was outstanding, mm-hmm. very surprising, very interesting, and hugely influential. And he was also the first to propose the information paradox, meaning the fact that. Black holes pose some paradox. There seems to be a contradiction between what we are led to expect in quantum mechanics for black holes that seen from the outside and what general relativity predicts. And it continues to be very influential. Mm, and posthumously productive, you could say. Yeah. Well, it's amazing how much progress was done by thinking about this paradox and trying to solve this paradox.
0: It was time to wind up. So I asked Maldusena to take the long view and guess which of the advances made over the past 40 years or so will still be regarded in a century's time as great contributions to our understanding of the way the universe works.
1: Well, I guess in fundamental physics, it's likely we'll make progress through cosmology. Perhaps we'll discover some things in cosmology, maybe inflationary gravity waves. Oh, so uh, and maybe understand better the primordial fluctuations and understand. So looking how they deep were, back into the beginning, d- d- deep time. back into the time, I think mm-hmm. that's that's the most powerful accelerator we have. We can call it the cosmological collider, right? And understanding yeah, yeah. the physics of the cosmological collider is mm-hmm. important. And mm-hmm. So that's one aspect. But I think some of the ideas that are being explored in quantum field theory and string theory you might have some applications let's say to condense matter to maybe quantum computers and they're all somewhat connected to this and it might be that uh, maybe some of the ideas will not be applied to fundamental physics but maybe find some applications in mm. quantum computers maybe quantum artificial intelligence here I'm going on a limb but in understanding very strongly interacting systems uh, where entanglement plays an important role in mm-hmm. new phases of matter and mm-hmm. I think Good. those might be some of the most, let's say, technologically influential applications. Really? Yeah.
0: <laughs> so does he think that the imprint of the equations and ideas that he and his colleagues are now developing will be visible in the theories of the distant future?
1: I think so. I mean, ma- many of these dualities are, well, are mathematical statements. They will be true regardless of whether these theories describe or not nature, but I think they are important enough that, there will be areas of nature where they will be applied, like maybe condensed matter. They're already applying some of these mm-hmm. uh, duality ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's hard to tell what will endure. Maybe some of the things that we consider now details, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, byproducts, or mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think something that will endure is this idea of doing physics by thinking about the consistencies of the theories, doing thought experiments. Ah, this is something that was um, brilliantly done by Einstein, Hawking. Yeah, yeah. Well, you do this now, sure, you and your colleagues. Yeah, yeah what and, you and, do, and, and that's what we do, yeah, and that's yeah. what we do. We think about uh, thought experiments and try to devise uh, theories that are consistent with them and mm-hmm. in this way try to learn uh, better the theory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, all right, well thank you so much for your sure. time. you notice that Maldacena scarcely mentioned mathematics he's often commented to me that he's not particularly interested in advanced mathematics at all something that would come as quite a surprise to many people because most of his papers look extremely mathematical but Maldacena says he's interested in what most of us would consider advanced mathematics only because it's essential to our understanding of the way the world works. Maude has often said to me that it's remarkable how many radical ideas about space, time, gravity and cosmology spring from jamming together the two foundational theories of the 20th century, in physics at least, quantum mechanics and relativity. For fundamental physicists, these theories are the gifts that just keep on giving.